stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws and NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. As always, my name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. Alongside of me, the PR god of the World of Outlaws, Nick Graziano. Nick, how was your weekend? It was good. I was at another late model event. But we got some sprint stuff coming up soon, but that was fun, and it was uh, some fun sprint car racing to watch this weekend, too. Why were you at another late model event? I, uh, you know, it's a, it was a big event, the firecracker, you know, I, you know, they needed my presence there. I, I had to help out. You know? I think I I'm mean, going to talk to the higher ups and actually get you fired from the show for all the late model stuff you're doing. Hey, I'm you going, can, you can I, go be on stick signals, which I know hey, you guys spotted on I was, on I recently, was at so. Dubuque where Donnie got 300. So, I mean, I, I think that makes up for some of it. It does. And speaking of Donnie's 300, we know that we're uh, a, a week behind. We had a lot of racing last week. We didn't want to bother him on a race day. Uh, but we do have Donnie Shots, Mr. 300 himself, uh, as our special guest today. Uh, so you will hear that interview coming up here shortly. Um, lot, I, I know I say all the time, a lot of fun interview, right? But to speak with him about this achievement um was very cool it was very cool he, he like we said yeah a lot of fun at this felt I, I guess we've had this before too but it felt very natural like he, yes. he wasn't afraid to say what he had to say about it and shared his emotions like yeah. he really shared some cool insights into what he was thinking and what he was going through and uh just some cool stuff he's got planned for the future too yes so even though it's uh a week behind or a week past his win and uh five nights of racing past his win um the achievement's so big it 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 needed to it needed to be done and we appreciate him finding the time to squeeze us in and get on this show and and talk about it um, and we can no longer feel like we jinxed it because we said at the beginning of the year you know when he gets 300 we'll have him on when he gets 300 on night one at volusia we'll have him yes. on the monday after and here we are in july uh Sorry, June June twenty eighth, um, just about July, and now we're finally having him on because it did finally happen. But yes, we no longer jinxed him. Yep, it we're good. We, curse it's is broken. Out of the way. Yep, and uh, he can move on. We can talk about it, have some fun, and then uh, talk about the rest of the year coming up because there's plenty of stuff coming up. Which We've is got fun. some good stuff coming up. Yeah, it's about to get big. Big. It also got big this past weekend. Uh, this past week, actually, big money. Uh, big, uh, big additions to some people's uh, bank accounts. That's is namely yes, um, for sure. Aaron Reitzel on Tuesday last week took the big money. The I believe it was what thirty thousand on Tuesday night Correct. at Husits for the fifty, uh, and then Logan Schuhart winning once again at the Jackson Nationals, taking the fifty thousand dollar check on Saturday night. Uh, not a bad weekend if your name was Kerry Madsen either. He didn't get the big money, but. Uh, Still got a good amount of money for winning Friday and Saturday. 
believe that's what twenty grand between the two races. Yeah, that's not that's not I, too I'd bad. I'd take that. I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. That's a pretty solid two nights of work, right? Yeah, now. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what we've got coming up is uh, Donnie shots talk about his three hundredth win. But first, before we do that, Nick. We need to hear from our sponsors. We need to uh, mow the lawn and do some weed whacking. We sure do. And you can do that uh, with the Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped because summer's coming. It's actually already here. Today's June 28th. Summer started uh, technically a week ago. Summertime. Yeah. So summer's not just coming. It is here. And the hotter days are also here. But you can keep cool with the help of our friends at Manscaped who just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, Nick. The 4.0. Complement your summer grooming routine with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Open Red 20. Open Red 20. That's the promo code that you can use at manscaped.com to get yourself 20% off plus free shipping of their performance package 4.0, which includes the Lamar 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, your Crop Preserver Deodorant, your Crop Reviver Toner, your Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of those goodies, which is very important because not only is it summertime, but it's also vacation time, right? You need to take that stuff with you. That's important to take with I, you. I've used that travel bag recently. It's a very nice travel bag. It looks great. It's nice to know that it works great. You've heard that right here. So uh, that's good to know. So again, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code OPENRED20. Get yourself 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you to our, our friends at Manscaped for that promo code. Go take advantage of it. Uh, I mean, it's summertime. You're going to want it for, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. You know. Especially when it comes to uh, summertime chafing. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah. That's I what mean, you that's... want that 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 uh, reviver for, the reviver and toner, to make sure you, you're you not dealing with that chafing down there because that's no fun. No. I mean, that's why you get the travel bag, you bring it all with you, you go traveling, you get your vacation, you manscape your vacation, you have a good time vacation. Boom. Bingo. There it is. Um, on a completely unrelated note... You happened to mention that you were at a late model race, the Firecracker 100, this past weekend, uh, Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, Pennsylvania, where the World of Outlaws not center drink sprint cars will be later on this month. So, you uh, know, that's what was, I was there. I was hyping the sprint car race, yeah, too. Yeah. I was telling everybody about, you know, you got to come back for the sprint cars. I don't know if you have to do any hyping, because the race last year did enough hyping. That race was badass. Very. Um, but you were in a cornhole tournament this past weekend, were you not? I possibly was, yes. Did you possibly win? We won the first round. We did not win the second. <laughs> See, they they cheated. They had an extra round of warm up because they got to do a special round playing with drivers. So they got an extra round of warm up. They got to test it out. I'm, that's that's what I'm going with. I said earlier on this episode that I'm going to have to talk to the higher ups and try to get myself a new co host uh, because of all this time that you spend at late model races. And now knowing that you went there and lost and made Open Red look like crap. Hey, we won the first round. We. That's more what than the, that's, that's more than the other people in WRG can say from there. Man, I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah, I'll, I'll try better. You know, we've very we, disappointed. We, we've in got you. a company one coming up. I've, you know, I think it was, you know, I won't say, I won't say. You know, it's, we're, we're gonna do better. We're gonna do better. Man, listen, here's some advice: never play against people that play with a beer in their hand the whole time. You know, you're just they're in, professionals. That yeah, exactly. You, yeah. We, we were up against too tough of competition. All right, back to the racing. Uh, we mentioned already Donnie Schatz, Mr. 300 himself, is our guest today. 
Um, great conversation with Donnie uh, about his 300th victory, what that meant to him, and uh, his personal life a little bit too. His That's personal life, cool to some other open topics. Up about that. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's just get right into that. So here we go on Open Red this week, Mister 300, the 10-time series champion, Mister Donnie Shots. The third driver in the history of the greatest show on dirt with 300 career wins, Donnie Schatz, gets it at Dubuque Fairground Speedway. Tonight was a night. Um, there's just something about the atmosphere here that uh, kind of made me feel like tonight was going to be a night. Um, I'm glad uh, my father was here for this one. Uh, um, he, uh, he doesn't get to all of them, but uh, he made it here. And on today's episode, we are very excited to have Donnie Schatz joining us. Donnie, thank you for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a long time since I've been on your show, so looking forward to it. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. Um, obviously, most recently, you got that win 300. I was there. It was really cool to see. Uh, fun to be a part of that celebration. Now, I know um, we've, we've seen emotion out of you before. Uh, we definitely saw it in Victory Lane. Just what what was there something that uh, initially triggered that? Was it something Dave Reef mentioned? Was it something you saw, or was it just the thought of just finally getting that three hundred that just kind of broke out that emotion that we saw? Yeah, I think it's finally the fact that it set in. Um, that you know, I finally, I think the you know we won two ninety nine at Williams Grove last fall at the National Open, and was really hoping to be able to do you know, finish out the year with getting that and not have to sit on that all winter long. I mean, obviously we knew it was going to happen. It's just when, and then you get the Volusia and you have an issue leading with two laps to go. And, you know, we, we've been in multiple positions to be able to get past that hurdle. And, you know, there got to be a lot of emphasis on, uh, you know, on, on 300. I know when we were at Peavely, we hit, you know, the team had a disagreement about, 300 was jinxing us and i you know it, it created a little bit of turmoil and so you know i think there was just so much build up to being close but not actually being able to execute and finish and you know that's the, that's the thing that we've all been you know take taking a lot of pride on over the years is being able to finish off races and get the wins and you know to go 32 races into the season and not get a win was pretty uh, I think that <laughs> that probably had a lot more emotion in it mm-hmm. than anything. It kind of was like, man, is it ever going to happen? Even though you know it's going to, but um, you know, there, it just was everything. It, when it when uh, I think that's what probably triggers my emotions probably more so than anyone is, uh, you know, the accumulation of everything at once. It's let um, me, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just day reef. I. I knew the minute I was still sitting in the car, I probably should have just sat there for a couple more minutes and, <laughs> and basked in it a little bit. But, um, you know, there's, there's things to take care of and, and, uh, wanted to see the guys and, and see what their emotions were like too. So no, it was, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of things that made it the emotion that it was. And I guess I've just always been a little bit of an emotional person. So it, it, it obviously really showed. What, what was it like, uh, for you when you, turned around about halfway through that interview and I guess kind of got to remember that your parents were there to see that as well as you said in victory lane too, Dave you know that they haven't been able to get to a lot of races with you recently so for them to be at that one I mean if you would have got it done a couple weeks ago who knows if they would have been there but for them to be there how special was that 
Well, it was extremely special. Um, you know, it, two years ago, we were told my father would never see June of 2019. And it's June of 2021. So for him to be able to be a part of that was huge. You know, it it creates a lot of uh, turmoil in, in this position because over the years, I've had the uh, luxury of racing with a lot of different people, crew chiefs, crew guys, and everyone was part of getting part of that 300 wins. I mean, I've won races with everyone that was ever on my own team. And there was a lot of different people along the way with TSR. So, you know, it kind of overshadows the fact, you know, my parents being there kind of overshadows the fact that um, a lot of people deserve credit that, that weren't there, but, you know, the, looking back on it, um, you know, there, there's been two people that have been behind me since day one, since the day I started racing in 1993. And, you know, it is my, it is my family. It's my parents. So, you know, ultimately they're going to be the most important to me in that situation. And, you know, without what they did for me, having our own team, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to celebrate 300 wins today. So, you know, and, and, and they're obviously my parents and they, they love the sport as much as I do. And they, they take great pride in, um, the things that we've done together and the things we still do today. So, um, that, yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty special. Um, in no way, shape or form was it meant to overshadow anybody's hard work or anybody's dedication, but, uh, clearly there's plenty of people that look at it that way. So, um, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, I'm very appreciative to have had them there. Um, there's a lot of people that aren't as fortunate to, to have their family, a big part of their racing careers or, even have them still alive today. So, um, you know, you got to cherish the small things and that's definitely, uh, you know, they're the ones that have been there since, since day one. So that meant a lot to, to be able to have them a part of it and see it and, um, uh, to see their emotions, uh, right along with mine. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. I know just the few things I've done in racing and just having my parents there is just that special mm-hmm. feeling. It's just something, like you said, that they, they're the ones always behind you from day one. There's just always something special about celebrating that with them. It's something mm-hmm. else I thought was really cool. Obviously, you know, at races, you know, you hear some fans booing, saying whatever kind of things, but I felt like that night, there were, everybody from fans, drivers, uh, officials, everybody seemed uh, just very happy and excited for you. What was that experience like, just kind of all that love in one time? Yeah, it's... um. It's definitely different. The people that you never expect, um, you know, that to say congrats or, you know, not put pain into bad light, but there's just some people you don't expect it from. And um, you're right. It was still, I mean, even as of yesterday, I still see people, you know, come and say something. So it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I think that's just a culmination of the the way our sport is the the level of respect the people that are around it have for one another um it was definitely it's definitely overwhelming the the phone calls the texts i've got from different people it's it's um you know it's pretty crazy i mean when the ceo of ford motor company uh calls you and and wants to congratulate you on that i'm you know i don't think they do that to their nascar guys so it's pretty cool the the different levels of people that have that that recognize it and and um you know are are appreciative of it and um and even when you talk to you know someone like a kyle larson like the smile on his face he you know just you can just see someone's raw emotions and true true emotions when you're talking to them so that was pretty neat and it's uh honestly it's still i still see people that that carry on a big smile and 
and that. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty heartwarming. It makes you feel like, you know, maybe I did do something right over the last 25 years and, um, you know, something you can be very proud of. Um, obviously racing is a team sport. And, and as you mentioned, there's a, a lot of people that have, uh, helped you along the way of getting to this point. But of course there's one common denominator that's been there all the way along through this journey, which is yourself behind the wheel, uh, driving to all of these victories. Do you allow yourself to get kind of, um, I guess, introspective and, and self-reflective on things a little bit and be like, you know, I, it's, it's crazy over the last 25 years, what I've been able to accomplish in, in, in getting here. And I'm trying to make sure my favorite part of that interview with Dave, by the way, was, was when you're like, you're talking like I'm done and I'm not done yet. Um, I'm trying to make sure I don't do that because that was hilarious. But what do you get, kind of think back on what you've done between the 10 championships, 10 Knoxville Nationals titles, 300 victories, and, and your stature, not just in sprint car racing, but in, in motorsports as a whole? You know, um, that's, a, that's a really good um, – thing to, to ask you know it's it's honestly not something that you think about i think the mindset that it takes to to race at the world of Allah level and race as much as you do and uh keep the fast pace of life i mean the the pace of life i keep at home is faster than than the world of Allah's pace so you know i'm able to juggle back and forth and i love that pace i i, I think the only way to describe it is is uh, I have a candle, but uh, my candle burns from both ends, and eventually it'll burn you once it gets to the middle and there's nothing left. And no, I don't. I don't sit and think about those things. I think the only time um, I've ever thought about them or, or brought it up is if we're, you know, you're with some buddies or you're with some people and you're talking, racing some night and having a few drinks, and something comes up. And I think at that point it it probably hits you, but never when you're on the racetrack or at the racetrack do you do you think about those things? Because the the mindset that it takes to get past uh, being successful one night is you got to forget about it. Just like mm -hmm. if you have a bad night, um, you have to put it behind you and, and never let it catch up. I think um, there's times when it, you let it sink in a little bit. Uh, it, it's um, at the World of Outlaw Banquet at the end of the season, watching those videos of the culmination of the season and we've had some seasons that were just absolutely incredible along that journey where we won 30 races and it, it hits you at that point when, you know, you guys put together these incredible videos to, to highlight the year because you really, um, when you go on to the next day, you try to forget about the last one, whether it's a victory or, or defeat. So, um, yeah, you don't get too caught up in it, but it, it, there's rare occasions and rare moments um, where you where you it comes up and you just you try your darndest to block it out because sometimes the worst thing that can happen in in this sport is the emotions getting the best of you. I guess kind of going off of that, how do you going into each race? How do you almost uh, perceive yourself? Do you do you say almost like think even think of yourself ten time champion, three hundred wins? Do you go in using that almost as kind of a confidence as you need to, or do you just see yourself still as just another guy out there competing for wins every week? Well, obviously, I mean, there's that stature, you know, you can't take mm -hmm. away what's been done on paper. And, right. um, you know, there's times that on paper you, you think, and it's hard to, to keep living up to that. I mean, in, in today's environment, it just gets tougher and tougher. And that's, um, that's what makes the world of outlaw sport and the, and the racing, what it is, is the level of competition. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think of myself as, 
as a field filler when I roll on the track. And I don't think of myself as just a normal guy, but I don't try to, to say, Hey, you know, I, you don't see me rolling around going, Oh, I'm a 10 time champion. Right. You need to do this. That's right. just not how it, it's not, uh, not me, uh, the, the way I operate. So, um, you know, you, you don't really look at it when you put the helmet on. I think you, you forget about everything you've done, everything you've, uh, you, you try to remember everything you've learned, uh, to that point and, and use that and not worry about, uh, you know, what it looks like on paper. So with everything that you've done, you know, and you say you try to forget about it when you put the helmet on with everything that you've done, um, how much does that thrill of victory with how much you've tasted victory still, um, I guess, drive you like, how, how do you keep that thrill the same as it was when you got your first versus your 300th versus your 232nd? Um, it's, it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, because it's when you're at different places, the, the atmosphere is different at each racetrack. I mean, um, it's, it's, it just depends where it's at. You know, if it's a Kings Royal setting where there's 20,000 people, or if it's Dubuque, Iowa, where there's 2,500 people, you know, it, it, that dynamic is just so much different and, uh, how you come about it. I mean, each night's a, a, a new challenge and a new, um, new scenarios so it's really hard to answer that like like mentioned fast-paced world in the world of outlaws uh even in back home but um what do you do to just try and get that escape at times when you need it um i know you i think in dirt vision interview you said you're not a big sports fan but is it just kind of uh working with your uh, nephews and niece i know they do a lot of go-karting is it uh working on your planes maybe cars you have things like that (laughs) well everything the more things you have, the more things there are to work on. (laughs) Um, clearly, you know, there's trying to keep up with, uh, things in the, in the real world is a challenge in 2021, especially after COVID with keeping things staffed and that I'm, I'm involved in a land development company and, um, commercial real estate stuff, which is actually really a lot of fun, but it's really a challenge at times with, um, the way things work. So it, it actually works out pretty well with, uh, being in racing because it's not something that you have to attend to at a certain time every day, Monday to Friday or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy, I'm unfortunately with my schedule, you know, racing is always when you're, you're gone. So the kids are mostly racing weekends and I don't get to see, see them race. And, and my dad's done a phenomenal job the last couple of years with them kids, um, kind of, showing him the mentality and the mindset that it takes to be to be a racer like he did myself and push him along um it is kind of unique to see how he uh he doesn't push them anywhere near as hard as he pushed me so it's it's good to see that <laughs> I, I think they i think it's true when they say that you're you're easier on your grandkids than you are your own kids that that definitely proves true in our family but you know i i have enough things to escape it um, I, I think sometimes it's probably not an escape like everyone thinks. I think everyone thinks I end up on some tropical island on Monday morning and drink my ties until Friday <laughs> at noon or something. But um, that's not exactly the case. I mean, yeah, there's there's airplanes to, to keep up on. and um, But it's just like anything else. The more things you have, the more, uh, you know, the more things to take care of and the more problems you have, too. And uh, I honestly think some of those problems um, that come along on in, in each day are what helps you, you know, be better when it comes to racing. You know, 
because racing's all about solving problems and and uh, you know making things solutions instead of a problem. So it helps to uh, you know. And, and there's there's one thing about uh, this sport that's a lot of people don't want to deal with. No car owners want to deal with it. No crew members want. They don't want to deal with confrontation. And sometimes there's no avoiding it. Um, you can't have a business in 2021 and not have to deal with confrontation and just you know sometimes there's really no reason for it but it's there it's it's just part of life so um it's you know those things teach you uh, i think they make you better on and off the racetrack Uh, i think it makes you you know be able to deal with anything that's in front of you you know it's just like you guys said you know there's there's nights you get booed um there's nights you get cheered you have to be able to deal with both ways i mean i can't control uh someone that doesn't like me or doesn't you know that wants to boo a lot of times there's not really a reason for it, but there's, there's no justification, uh, for me being able to change it. So you just, uh, you know, there's some certain things you learn how to deal with and live with. And, um, you know, that's the fun part of this is, uh, there's all these unknowns. It's, it's never, uh, it's never really anything that comes across like you read it in a book. Uh, you mentioned, the the booze one place that you seem to get booed pretty frequently because you've won so frequently there is uh knoxville raceway but i i would imagine in in a couple weeks when you uh strap into the seat behind uh one of those nascar pickup trucks they'll probably be cheering for you as as their guy going up against the the nascar stars uh that's a, a cool thing that you've got going on a new thing making your nascar camping world truck series debut how did that come about with david gilland racing well, it is going to be extremely cool. Um, you know, I've been asked multiple times if I was interested in doing it, and and I had said, yeah, I would look at it. You know, it's but first and foremost, um, it's not something. You know, I get a lot of people thinking that because I'm going to do this, that this is the direction that I'm trying to to go. I'm I'm not. Uh, my 100% commitment has been to race and sprint cars with the World of Outlaws. I'm not going to miss a race to to go to this. This race just so happens to be a Friday night that we don't have an event. It happens to be on dirt and happens to be at Knoxville. So it's like a, you know, it's like a trifecta really. And um, I think that there's no question that that's why it came about. Um, obviously it has, has to do with being in a Ford truck with, with David Gilliland. And um, we have some great partners that, that wanted to be a part of it. And, and that's obviously what, makes this sport go round, And, um, there's some of our partners at TSR that are going to be a part of it. There's, you know, Craig Ford from, from Pella, Iowa going to be a part of it. And we have a, a new partner, little giant going to be a part of it from Southern Minnesota. So there's, there's all these things that, that they, the stars kind of aligned up to make this happen. And, um, it's really, at this point, I'm looking at it as a one and done deal. I may never run a truck ever again, you know, and it's like I said, it's only because it's dirt and it's Knoxville and it's, um, you know, when we don't have another night of racing, so I don't have to miss anything. So I'm super excited about it. I, I think it's definitely, I didn't really realize how excited I was about it until I was in Charlotte last week and I ran into, or was that David Gilliland racing and, I ran into Chad Johnson, who used to be the crew chief at, at Stuart Haas for Tony, and um, he'd moved to race with uh, Kyle Larson over at Ganassi, and uh, Chad's now a huge part of David Gilliland Racing. So 
Chad has a little bit of a dirt background. He owns a midget team. Um, Chad actually came and was looking for a job with the World of Outlaws team with my father back in 2000 or 2001 when we were oh, wow. at Bristol. So it's it's kind of a neat story. And Chad's, uh, you know, he's he's very innovative. He's he's very on his game. So um, just just chatting with Chad for 30 minutes gave me a, a really super highly motivated. I can't wait to get there, and I hope uh, hope we can uh, do the dirt dirt fans proud and and hopefully have a good showing and and be super competitive oh that's cool that'll be that's a fun story to follow then uh how do you feel how are you preparing for it do you feel like the sprint experience will actually help any or maybe maybe more so the late model experience well i don't think that either of those two are gonna gonna affect i mean Mm -hmm. obviously the sprint cars won't won't help anything but even the late models have such a they're going so fast they have such an airload and the cars are a lot lighter i mean these trucks are pretty heavy uh and they don't you know everything responds super slow um there's a little bit of stuff that they say you can do on i racing i've never felt that you know you can make i racing feel uh you know this similar i mean yeah. it's you, you always got to go by senses instead of instead of like look and and sound so it i guess that's going to be kind of hard for me i mean it's probably goes to the adage it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks but you know there's a lot of things on format formalities that uh need to focus on and and look into and um but that's about all you can do to prepare and uh really come thursday when we get our opportunity to practice i think that's what what's definitely going to be uh the most you know the most vital is make sure we we take advantage and fully execute every minute of practice we get on the track and and um, you make sure we debrief things and and just try to get on the same page because I don't think anybody realizes how uh, in NASCAR that box is pretty small. Everybody's everybody's got to be in that box, and it's definitely going to make it that much more challenging on dirt. I think the most fascinating part that I'm looking forward to actually might be watching you in practice because for so long you're used to two laps, right? Two two hot laps pretty much at the start of your night, and and that's your your practice every night. But now you're I think. It's going to be at least 45 minutes to an hour, if not more, for you guys to prepare. How do you shift your mindset uh, going into that, knowing that you now have more time to, to get acclimated than just the, the two laps and then go into the race program? Well, I'm super excited about the fact that it is something different. You know, you get more opportunity to practice. I feel like if we had more time, it's like when we go testing. The, the longer we test, the more we learn. So this is going to be a great opportunity and, and like I said, obviously working with someone like Chad, it's going to, you know, Chad's super sharp. Um, just having him, you know, understanding he's he's ahead of the curve already before we get started. So that's going to be really huge. And actually, the, the it being a longer race, um, I feel like it's something that that that's going to suit me as well. I feel like sometimes that's the, the change into the conditions, whether it be tire wear or whatever, it's going to be a whole lot of fun to me because – one thing that does change a lot that people don't realize is is these these sprint cars. Uh, when you got 30 gallons of fuel on them and that fuel burns off by the end of the race, um, it, it's a completely different dynamic driving them from the beginning to the end. So um, that truck's going to be virtually, you know, the same same scenario. And hopefully uh, we adapt to it well and and can put ourselves in a good position to be be a contender at the end of the race. I'll tell you, it'll be weird hearing rookie Donnie shots yeah. on TV. <laughs> Ah, well, you got to have that. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna give me some. It's gonna give me some aid adage. It's gonna make me feel a little bit younger. Yeah, there you go. 
Now, I saw uh, the other weekend you had uh, someone actually driving your late model, Tyler Peterson, I believe. Is that something that it was just kind of a one-off deal? Do you think you continue that? Do you see yourself as uh, an owner, in a sense, in the future? You know, it's not something that I, I really think about. Um, you know, I've helped, we help a lot of people out around home or we have in the past, whether it be sponsorship or what, what not. Um, you know, there's a lot of great racers up here. Um, last year, the year before, we have a, a young guy that works for us, Cody Skillen, who's a great racer. And, and he, you know, he let me know he'd, if I ever wanted to let him go race it, I'd let him go. So I let him go run at Grand Forks a few times and, and he had a blast and, you know, he's just not someone that races all the time anymore because he's got a young family and, you know, he's, he, he's very valuable to us at work. And so, you know, you get in those scenarios like that, where if you get the opportunity to give something back and do that, to, uh, the Peterson family is, is someone that's done a lot for us over the years when we had the racetrack at Red River Valley, or if we ever have anything broke down, the first person to reach a hand out to help is, is Tyler and Matt Peterson. So, uh, given last weekend's scenario where they could go run four times, um, you know, it was just a perfect scenario. Um, you know, he's a modified racer and, and does a great job. Great young kid. Uh, you know, so it's um, it's neat to see that. But I don't know that it's something that uh, I'm obviously going to be in the car on stage here in the next year, but it's going to be for my nieces. I think it's going to be. Um, I got one that wants to run late models and one that wants sprint cars. And oh, cool. that's, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, hard to swallow at times um, because I know it's going to be a very expensive journey. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to let them have the opportunity. They're at that age. You know, they're 13 now. They're going to be 14 in October. So, you know, come August, we're going to let each one of them have a go. And I think one's going to get in a 305 and the other one's going to get in a limited late model. So, uh, we're just kind of gearing up for that, getting ready, making sure we're not behind the eight ball. And, and um, you know, we're pretty lucky to have a, a great young guy taking care of all that stuff, Zach Axel. He's done a great job with their go-kart stuff, and um, he takes care of that late model, and he went racing with Tyler. So he's um, really getting his feet wet on being responsible for all that and making adjustments and doing those things, and he does a phenomenal job. So I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, it going to the next level, but being a coroner for someone else, I don't know that's something that's really ever going to happen. Um, you know, it, there's maybe been chatter about it here and there, but it, you know, for the kids, um, when you're family, I think it's pretty easy to say, yeah, but to just have a car out there and go run, I don't think it's something that's going to happen in the shots family. Mm, fair point, but that's super cool about your nieces getting uh, getting started uh, be fun to watch. next year and uh, some of the bigger cars. Another thing that you do that I think is, is super cool. Uh, and I've actually always wanted to do it, but never been able to do it. Is the fact that you have your pilot's license? You you fly yourself pretty much to to every race. Uh, what is the plane that you're flying currently? So the pilot's thing is is something that you know my family's used airplanes for business for years because we have businesses on opposite opposite end of the state. And when I first started racing, it's how I was able to go to school and then, and still race because my, you know, education was always the first thing, uh, to make sure I didn't, you know, something, let a sport or a hobby get in the way of finishing school. And, you know, my father always told me, um, Hey, you know, you, maybe you should get your pilot's license. So I started to at a young age, I, I did it 14, 15, and then I couldn't solo till I was 16. 
and you have to solo to get your license and do all these things. So I kind of just, I lost interest. And, and when I started racing pretty heavy, I, I didn't have any desire to, to fly back and forth. I really wanted to be in the truck. I wanted to be with the guys, the crew and wanted to be around the car. And so I did that for a number of years. And then, you know, after the two, you know, early two thousands, I, I just, I was traveling across country one time and I took off and I think I drove for nine hours that day and I went halfway across, whatever, halfway across the country. And I was like, I didn't need a roadmap to get from one place to the next. And it was like, you know, maybe I've been traveling too long and I hadn't. I mean, when you look at what Steve and, Steve and Sammy have done over the years, I, you know, I guarantee you that they could both do the same thing. They can drive anywhere in the country and not need a roadmap. It, it really made my interest peak for, aviation and being able to be home and you know my father flew the entire time you know he would come to the races and go home because you you know if you're not at your business um things just don't function so um that's how that's how our our family and our our business world is always turned is you got to be there so aviation allowed that and i went and got my license i you know um it took me a, a year to get things situated and then you got all the ratings that go along with it being instrument multi-engine and and all that so it's been a real uh, useful tool for me to get back and forth and um we've had several different airplanes over the years from moonies to uh twin barons to uh one airplane that we my dad's just always loved is is a mitsubishi mu2 it's a twin engine turboprop and um you know we've we've had one for i'd say 22 23 years and and so we, you know, we use different airplanes for different things. Um, you know, shorter trips, you'd use an MU2. And uh, about 10 years ago, we uh, we got a Citation jet, and it, it really works good on trips over 400 miles. It's probably a little bit more economical on longer trips. So we use, we've used various aircraft um, for different things. And obviously those aircraft get used for other things, other, you know, obviously a lot of business functions as well. So me being able to use it to, to get back and forth is just, a, a an absolute, uh, a blessing. And, um, it, you know, allows me to have a, a really good balance of life, but then there's nights too, where you're, you know, you're be bopping around storms or something happens. Um, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun, but, it's just like anything else. You can get yourself in bad spots with it too. So some days it's hard to keep up with, um, you know, today, um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get, uh, get one airplane picked up from getting maintenance done. So, uh, you know, it adds a little bit to it at times, but it's not very often. So most of the time it, it, it helps to, um, you know, make you have a, a pretty good balance of life. And, uh, my father had been a pilot for, you know, over 40 years and obviously he can't now with his, with his cancer and chemo treatments. So, um, that's, that's forced an adjustment a little bit too. So, um, all in all, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very good blessing to have. And, um, I think it's something in racing that you see a lot of it. It's probably more so in NASCAR, but, um, you know, it's obviously something that the world revolves around is aviation. Are the nieces already asking if they can ride in the plane when they want to get to their races? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, um, I think their aspirations of being in motorsports is they think that someday that their uncle Donnie should be their private pilot. But I, hope, <laughs> I, I hope they don't ever, I hope they don't ever take racing that serious where they, 
they want to be that that serious where they get to NASCAR or something like that. But that's uh, that's definitely on them if they do. So um, I'll probably be too old to be be flying by that time. You never know. <laughs> well, Donnie, as we hit the uh, 35 minute mark of uh, this interview here, we appreciate your time. Uh, I think it's a good spot to wrap up. We wish you the the absolute best of luck at Knoxville in a couple weeks in the truck. Uh, we'll be pulling for you, and uh, best of luck the rest of this season as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I had a great conversation, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Definitely. Have a good one. Big thank you again to uh, Donnie Schatz uh, for joining us today to talk about that. Um, congratulations to him on that achievement. That's absolutely incredible. So uh, in case you somehow don't know or forgot, Steve Kinzer, Sammy Swindell, Donnie Schatz, the only three drivers in the history of the World of Outlaws with 300 or more victories. That's that's some pretty cool company to be a part of. Yeah. That's um, 33 championships among the three of them? Yes. 2010 mm. three? Yep. That's an incredible... I'm impressed you got that math down. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please don't screw this <laughs> up. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I, me and math don't mix, but uh, at least I got that that problem right. Just don't make me show my work, okay? Yeah, I, I saw I saw the steam, so it, no, it's just bad. If I was to pull the headset off of my ear, you would it would have looked like a tea kettle, just poof, <laughs> blowing out steam. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, super fun conversation with Donnie. Um, It'll be cool to see him uh, kind of be become a team owner for his nieces. That'll be yeah. fun to watch another generation uh, uh, coming up through. Yeah, that would be awesome. I am also now decided it is my life's goal to uh, somehow land a flight with uh, Captain Donnie Shots. Yes. That yeah, would that be, would be fun. That would be awesome. Um, so, Donnie, if you actually listen back to this episode, I want to go flying with you. Let me know. Probably never will. Uh, not never will listen, but probably will never let me go flying with him. But that's okay. Eh, you never know. I think you had a good time. Yeah. If I, didn't, I don't think we angered him. No, unless you hung up. <laughs> no, I think I think it was good. That was cool. That'd be super cool. But um, yeah, you know, it, the interesting thing was it sounds almost more like he he flies flies for purpose rather than like uh, the enjoyment of it. But I mean, regardless, everyone I've ever talked to who's had the privilege of flying a plane, they love every second of while they're in the sky. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's probably it's probably. Uh, a uh, nice relaxing time, whether a good race, a bad race, just to hop on it and just kind of, whether it's by himself or just, I'm sure once he's in a pilot seat, it's kind of like driving probably almost, just kind of tune out and just focus on what he's doing. Up in the, I'm sure up in the sky, you got no traffic up there, hopefully. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. We have a little bit. They have this thing called air traffic control. It, they have people that actually control well, the not, traffic in the air. Yeah, right? you're at least not going to be stuck behind something. I'm like, oh, come on, I, I go faster. Am I going to be well, stuck they, around here this they, whole time? They do have that. It's called a, It's called a landing pattern. Well, I mean, you're not like bumper to bumper traffic. That's no, what I'm trying to say. If you do that, you'll crash. That's exactly. That's what and I'm saying. You're gonna die. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to do that. I mean, no. yeah, I'm sure he'd pretty, be pretty good at throwing some slide jobs in the sky, but no, you don't really <laughs> want to do that either. <laughs> but I would love, I would love to see post driving career Donnie shots. I want to see pilot in those those air races. They were sponsored by another energy drink company. Um. That I won't say, but the it's solo pilots, solo plane, racing against the clock through these like uh, big giant inflatable gates and stuff, doing like 
twists and and giant climbs and steep drops. That would be cool. I feel like he would thrive in that environment. It's basically stunt flying. I think it'd be cool. I'd watch it. Sure. It's awesome. It's it's awesome, and I'd 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 love to see uh, see Donnie involved in that. I think it'd be the the next step of of Donnie's uh, career. Could you imagine? Just from just, I mean, he's got wing experience, so maybe he'd do yeah. well. But just imagine, you know, Donnie shot, you know, jet pilot extraordinaire. Right. Yeah, stunt ladies pilot extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Donnie Shots. I'll be your captain today. If you look out the left side of the plane, you'll notice the uh, Grand Canyon. And if you look out the right side, you'll also see the Grand Canyon is a really large uh, hole in the ground. And right, slide job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, this past week, as I mentioned, we had five nights of World of Outlaws action, two nights at Houston Speedway for the Houston's 50, and three nights of racing at Jackson Motorplex for the Echo Jackson Nationals. Um, what a week. That was quite a packed week of racing. <laughs> really, really You was. know, you mentioned Houston's, I was like, that's right, Houston's was last week already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. The cool part was if someone would have won Tuesday night's race, uh, the Houston's 50, and Saturday night's Jackson Nationals, they would have taken home a nice $100,000 prize. The only person eligible for that was Aaron Reitzel after he took the win on Tuesday night, but it was not to be for Aaron Reitzel. Uh, did obviously not get the victory, did not have the night that he would have hoped for uh, in chasing uh, that big check. Uh, that went to, well, not that big check, but the big a check big from check. Saturday Still a went big check. to Logan Schuhart uh, for taking the victory. That was a, you know, it was a fun race. It wasn't It wasn't Thursday night fun. Thursday's race. That was wild. Was awesome. And, and hey, Donnie Schatz may not have had the night or and or weekend that he wanted to in, in uh, Jackson, Minnesota, but Thursday night goes for a wild tumble down the backstretch during uh, the first lap of his heat race. Goes to a backup car, starts dead last in the last chance showdown, drives all the way to third, and then I believe finishes 11th in that night's feature. Heck of a run. Yeah, it was crazy. And then his uh, teammate also had his own special run that night, too. Yeah, Kerry Madsen goes to Victory Lane Thursday and Friday night in Jackson, Minnesota. Uh, finished fourth or fifth, I believe it was, on Saturday night. Strong, strong weekend for Kerry in the 14 car. Yeah, they've been pretty fast since she's hopped in that car. Yes. Pretty fast might be an understatement. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've they they've been good. Um, I was surprised that the 49 wasn't as much of a factor these last five nights yeah i don't remember him i feel like it's not that i'm not saying obviously he's not bad at these tracks he's won right. the jackson nationals before but i remember right. last year it wasn't they weren't anything like he had decent runs but he wasn't like um competing for a win competitive like he was strong but it wasn't you weren't gonna say oh yeah brad sweet's the one gonna win this race he just he was there he had a good finishes like yeah. he played his uh championship consistency well, but just wasn't winning factor. Yeah, I mean, and we say he wasn't a factor. Like, he wasn't a factor in the win on Saturday, yeah. but he still finished third. Yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, still a good night. <laughs> yeah. Which is, but that's just, like we keep saying, that just shows how good and competitive he really is that we almost consider a third-place finish a bad finish for him. Right. Yeah. So, uh, coming up next for the World of Outlaws and NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, a doubleheader at Cedar Lake Speedway this Friday and Saturday night, and it's off to Wilmot Raceway uh, the following Saturday. And then, a big, big week in Ohio. Big, long, another long week, but big week. Yes. 
you know, in that time span. So that's that's Cedar Lake, two races there, ten thousand win each night, I believe. Uh, which Brad Sweet won both races last year. So yep. talking about Brad Sweet again, got those. We got Wilmot, another ten thousand win, and we got the Brad uh, Doty Classic coming up at Attica, another ten thousand win. Then you've got the four races at Eldora. You got ten thousand win Joker's Wild, hundred seventy five thousand win Kings Royal. I believe that would be the 38th one first. Yes. Then we'll do the night before the King's Royal, another 10,000 win. Then the 37th King's Royal, another, another 175,000. So in that, was that, three, four-week span, that's more than $400,000 in potential winnings right there. Man. Nice job on that, man. Yeah, I did that earlier, so I kind of remembered it. <laughs> but you didn't know it exact because you said that's more or, than. Actually, if you want exact, it's four hundred and ten thousand dollars. Oh damn it! Well, <laughs> showed me. Then even I after that, we got Lernerville, and then not too long after that, I believe that's when the Knoxville National is coming up. Potential two hundred thousand yep. on the line. Yep. There's a lot of money up coming up. It used to be the month of money. It's like the months, months and, and a half of money. yeah. <laughs> the sum, maybe it's the summer of money. Oh, man, that's a that's a good way to put it, and it's the it it might be the most fun time to be a fan of sprint car racing because you've got so much going on and so much big big stuff going on. Um, then it takes a, a a little bit of a, a like a cool down period, you could almost call it, and then it ramps right back up near the end of the year with the national open coming up and stuff like that. So, um, no rest for the wicked. That's for sure. No, it's it's definitely you could you felt it uh, my first year when I was doing this. Like after Knoxville Nationals, there's almost like a everybody kind of takes a breath. Like oh, okay, it's like that whole that was that was like the season. Now yeah. now we're getting into like the I don't know whatever you want to call it after. Like it's still the season. There's still a lot of big races to go, but it's almost like a whole another part of the season. You get of out thing. of that month of money and then it's and then it's championship winning time. Yeah, that, that's championship season. Like everybody, it's almost like this whole point is just leading up to everybody preparing for an actual nationals. After that's done, all right, championship time. Yep. It's coming up and it's coming up quick. Very quick. Uh, as we say every single week, if you're in the vicinity of any of these races coming up, go to worldofoutlaws.com to get your tickets. And if they are not sold through the Outlaws, make sure you head to the Racetrack's website. Uh, get your tickets there because there's nothing like seeing a World of Outlaws race in person. It's the greatest show on dirt for a reason. You will not want to miss it. And you don't have to miss it even if you can't make it because we've got you covered on Dirt Vision. Get yourself the Platinum Fast Pass. That's I'm telling you, that's the one that you want. It's it's an annual subscription and it's going to not only get you everything that we have on Dirt Vision, but it includes the Knoxville Nationals at no extra cost. And that's the only package that we have that does that. So if you want to get the Knoxville Nationals at no extra cost, get yourself a Dirt Vision Platinum Pass. You will not regret it. It's coming up soon. Make sure you're covered. You're not going to want to miss this year. Obviously, we didn't get it in last year because of COVID. Back this year, I believe it's the 60th. Now, 60th, Knox Energy Drink, Knoxville Nationals, you know, a lot of cool stuff. I think they're bringing back, uh, they're trying to do, I think, like that throwback paint scheme deal. That would be awesome. I, I think we're going to might see some cool paint schemes this year. Um, obviously, a lot of good racing. A lot of teams have been so competitive. I don't think I can even make a pick, make a prediction this year. I'll try. Go for it. Carson Mazzino. Really? Yeah. That's fair. A 41 just gets around that track, man. That, that I mean, yeah, we guess saw a good showing of it. It's... Uh, be interesting to see obviously i'm sure they can if through the format they can keep up that uh pace and consistency but yeah that's a good pick 
I'll tell you who. I'll make one other bold prediction because it's not really that bold. Quick time that week, David Gravel. I'm really going out on a limb. I, know. <laughs> I feel like we got to throw Kerry Matson in there potentially now. Hmm. I mean, yeah, you can, but man, David just qualifies so well. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous when they when they announced the King of the Hill format. I was like, oh, okay, well, David Gravel's gonna be in the front row, if not the pole. Then he goes from you know the last round to front row. I'm like, yeah, well. There you go. <laughs> like, it's David. It's qualifying. He's going to go fast. Yeah. And obviously, our guest, you can't, can never count out Donnie Shots for any of this. He's won there 10 times. He's uh, pretty good. Pretty yeah, decent there. He's just all right at Knoxville Raceway. Uh, hopefully, he'll be more than just all right in the upcoming NASCAR Camping World Chuck Series race. You can get to that one on Fox Sports 1 on July 9th. That's a Friday night. There's no World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series action that night. If you don't feel like tuning in, though, to watch the, the big heavy trucks at Knoxville Raceway, there's plenty of weekly action that night or more on dirt vision that you can tune into as well but i would recommend tuning in and cheering on donnie that night listen even even if he's not your guy make him your guy that night he's gonna try to do all of us proud i think he'll do pretty decent i feel like donnie is so smooth with the throttle i think that's what is going to be really key with those trucks at uh, Knoxville. Yeah, I feel like a lot of those guys, obviously a lot of them have raced on dirt and have dirt experience, but I don't think they have the kind of experience with, um, like, Eldora, they could throw it in there, they got the bank and they catch them. El- Knoxville doesn't really have that. I feel like they can, mm. If they try and throw it in there, they're just going to go straight to the wall and wreck in their truck. I feel yeah. like Donnie's going to know, have that feel exactly for just that smooth throttle, smooth steering wheel of how to control that thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the other driver to watch out for, um, even though he didn't have that great of a showing uh, in this particular race, will be Brian Brown because of the experience that he just got in the SRX cars. Yeah, I think that'll uh, help I would him think a little the bit. The track and the racing would look pretty similar, even though it's 12 cars versus like 35 trucks or whatever they're going to have out there. But I think having that little bit of experience under Brownie's belt uh, will go a long way versus trying to hop in and unlearn everything that he knows from a sprint car at Knoxville. Yeah, like Donnie said, sprint car is probably not going to be a huge lot of help. Probably not much you can take from it to put into that. But I think uh, just the experience there, knowing the track, is obviously going to help them a lot. And like I said, just yeah, exactly. Just having that uh, adaptability. Yeah, I think I agree. I just uh, I don't think he'll go out there and do this, but I just hope that there's no uh, no uh, Scott Bloomquist esque uh, performance. Think, think back to when Bloomquist ran the Cobbush Motorsports 51 truck in the first race at Eldora, and everyone's like, Bloomer's got this. This is his wheelhouse. He's going to go out there and dominate, and he did not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. But I don't think Donnie or Brownie would go out there, and we'll, we'll end up going out there and looking that way. I'll have to say I was very happy when Donnie said this because it makes me feel better about all the complaints I make when he talked about iRacing and you just don't get that feel. You have to do it off of watching and uh, the feedback from the steering wheel. Like as a race car driver, you're used to the feel from the car and like that's why you can't start. That's that's always my excuse of why I'm so bad at iRacing. So like I, I can't feel it. I can't feel it in the seat. I can't so do this. that's why you never get out of the B-Main in the street stocks in a dirt I've race got race out race. of the B-Main multiple times. One time I got wrecked. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) That sounds like a good spot to end this week's episode. We'll let Nick think what he wants to think. Whatever lets you sleep at night, buddy. Uh, As always, my name's Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. I am Nick Graziano. I hope. Hey, you sounded confused on that. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, thanks for listening to Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Bye-bye.
Hashtag open red.